Saturday day was silent Surely it was through But since when has impossible Ever stopped you Friday's disappointment Is Sunday's empty too But since when has impossible Ever stopped you of dry bones rattling This is the praise Make a dead man walk again Open the grave I'm coming out I'm gonna live Gonna live again This is the sound Of dry bones rattling fire stirring something new you're not gonna run out of miracles anytime soon resurrection power runs in my veins too and I believe there's another miracle here in this room this is this is the sound of dry bones rattling is the praise make a dead man walk again open the grave i'm coming out i'm gonna live gonna live again this is the sound of dry bones rattling
Why don't you greet those around you and then take your seats? And kids, as we sit down, if you could raise up your hand, we got a, we got a goodie bag for you guys, okay? So after everyone takes your seats, kids raise your hands and we got a treat for you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Kids, if you have not gotten your Easter basket yet, you can just keep your hands raised and they will bring one to you. But we are so thankful that you guys would spend your Easter morning here with us. And I like to tell you, if you don't know, you have stumbled into Shine Church this morning. So whether you were forced, coerced, or came here by choice, we are so happy to have you. Um, we are a church and a community that is engaged with God, with each other, and our purpose, and you will see that through everything that we do here as a church. And in front of you on your chairs, you'll see a QR code. If you are new with us this morning and you just want more information, you want to stalk the staff, find out what events we have coming up, feel free, take a picture of that. It's on the screen behind me as well. Um, so pull out your camera, and that'll just take you to our website, and you can find more information there. And also, Obviously, any pastor or any friendly face would love to answer any questions that you have. So feel free to come and just ask us at the end of service. But we are so excited this morning. Um, if you've been celebrating this season with us, we started with a season of consecration and a 40-day fast together. And we're just excited that everything that we've done up to this point, we don't just want to tell you. We don't just want to read to you. We want to experience together the resurrection life and the power of Jesus. And so as we've journeyed through this process, we've just committed to doing things as we do a little bit differently. So this morning, we are going to continue in that process of having scripture read, songs sung, testimony shared, and entering into that. And we're so honored that you would join us. We don't just want to teach, right? We don't just want to come and like talk about this thing that happened, but we, we want to join into that celebration together. So I want to encourage you this morning. Would you be bold to celebrate our Jesus? And even if you feel maybe awkward singing loudly or whatever, we just want to shout and proclaim his goodness today with all that we have. He is living, he is alive, he is risen, and that is the reason that we are here. So as we go through this, um, as we did the Seder dinner, we did Palm Sunday, we did Good Friday, I always say Black Friday, we did Good Friday, and now we're doing Easter. Um, Pastor Dan has encouraged you as we read scripture throughout the service just to stand as a sign of honor to the word of God, and so we're going to have a little bit more up and down this morning 
we're going to have scripture read and we can stand and we'll sing and respond. And then we're going to have little teachings as well. Um, again, just bringing us into and honing us into what Jesus has done for us. So are you guys ready? You're ready. We're so glad that you are here with us. I'm going to invite our first readers of this morning to come and lead us in the reading of scripture. Cutest readers you've ever seen. Look at them. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Yet it was our weakness he carried, it was our sorrows that weighed him down. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of all of us. But to save the world through him.
down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting. God so loved the Good to be alive, isn't it? Yeah. Hebrews 9:12. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Hebrews 10:10. 10, 10. And by that we will have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Okay, we're going to talk for just a few minutes here. If you'd like to sit down, well, you guys are worshipers, so when the music starts again, you'll be right back up. But you guys, uh, Easter, we're celebrating the resurrection. But before we can get there, we have to answer the question, why did Jesus have to die? I mean, why? And we know why he died. He died for our sins. But why? Why did he have to die? Hebrews is an incredible book. If you've never read it, it really is the cliff notes of Jesus and what he did for us. In Hebrews 9.22, it said, just this universal law, it says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. There has to be blood that is shed. Well, why? We have to grasp the fact that we have a, a holy God, a God who's perfect, who's flawless, whose goodness, there's no ulterior motives. He is thoroughly, completely holy. So when we do an act that is unholy, that falls short of God's holiness, we have to be separated from him in death. Romans 6.23 actually says we earn our death, our spiritual death, physical death, because of the evil that we commit. Let that sink in. You are condemned because of what you've done. I, because of the evil that I have done, am condemned to die. But God so loved the world. Thousands of years ago, through his chosen Hebrew people, he instituted this uh, system of atonement, we say. It's this substitutionary sacrifice so that when you do something wrong, when there were sins committed, he, he uh, instructed his people to build this tent called the tabernacle. And later, King Solomon built a, a brick and mortar version called the temple. And this was a holy place. And inside the innermost room of this temple was the most holy place, all capital letters. Your Bible may call it the Holy of Holies. And in this room, there was a box called the Ark of the Covenant. And this ark contained several key items that reminded God's people of his provision, his faithfulness, his goodness. But most importantly, there were two tablets in there. Do y'all remember this? These, the, the tablets were scribed by God and given to Moses. And he said, Moses, here is my law. This is the standard by which you will be judged on whether or not you are holy like I am holy. And we know through the Bible... We know through history, we know from personal experience uh, that that was a bad deal because we, we can't live up to God's law. And as soon as you break one of God's law, we're condemned. 
Because we're not holy like he is holy. And we're not faithful like he is faithful. So what happened? Every, uh, every, every uh, so often a family, a head of household would come in and he would bring his uh, sacrificial animal. And for his sins and the sins of his household, uh, he would kneel before the priest and the priest would pass the knife over his throat and he would spill the blood of this sacrificial animal. Once a year on this Jewish holiday called Yom Kippur, it's the Day of Atonement. Once a year, the high priest would do one of these sacrifices for himself and for all of God's people. And he would enter through the curtain into the most holy place that I was just talking about. And he would bring the blood of these, of these animals that were sacrificed on their behalf. And he would sprinkle this blood on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. That lid is called the mercy seat. And that lid, if you think about it physically, was the only barrier between God's judgment, his law, and his people. And by extension, by extension God's judgment, and you, and me. And the sprinkling of the blood on that mercy seat was a picture that at least for one more year, God's judgment would be satisfied. Then Jesus, Hebrews 2.10, it says that God actually found it fitting since he set Jesus to be the ultimate judge of mankind to determine whether or not you are holy or unholy. He said, if you're going to be judge of all, of all men and women, then you yourself need to become a man. And he came to this earth and he endured all the hardships that we've endured. All the pain, all the disappointment, all the ridicule. And probably went through more pain than any of us in this room will ever go through. And felt separation for the first time from his father. And when he was sacrificed on the cross, his blood was shed. And now we get to what Lorraine just, just read. So we'll throw those scriptures back on. Hebrews 9, 12. He, this is Jesus, our eternal high priest, did not enter by the means of blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place, an important phrase here, once for all, by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption for all of us. And then Hebrews 10.10, 10, and by that, we will hear, by that will, we have been made holy, Holy, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. I am telling you guys, I am condemned to die because of the evil that I have committed. But now Romans 8 says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is the invite. And before we move on to celebrating the resurrection, we've got to draw a line in the sand. And we've got to say, this is a decision that you have to make to apply the blood of Jesus to your own life so that it can wash you of every impurity, every unclean thought, every unholy act. And he says, you will be in my family. And when, the, when God the Father, the Holy One, looks on you, he sees the perfection of Jesus. And we will live eternally with him. And we will have a resurrected body just like Jesus was resurrected. Okay? So if that's you, if I'm, as I'm speaking, if the Lord's just stirring in your heart, I'm going to pray a prayer right now that you can follow along with me silently. And then later we'll have a response time if you want some more prayer or more discussion. But the, but the prayer goes like this. Lord God, I recognize that you are, you are holy and you are majestic. And when I am at your feet, I am counted unworthy because of what I've done. But I have faith in your son, Jesus, that he became a man, lived a perfect life, and he was that sacrificial lamb. 
now for me. And I just ask, Lord, that you would forgive my sins because of the blood of Jesus. And Jesus, I've never heard of love like that, that you would die on the cross even if it was just for me. And I will spend the rest of my life honoring you, not only as my judge, but as my king, my friend, and my greatest love. Amen.
Matthew 27, 57 through 61. Now when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who was also a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. <laughs> then Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut in the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance of the tomb and went away. Now Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. You can go ahead and be seated again. As we continue uh, this experience of Easter, I would like you to do me a favor. Would you close your eyes for a minute? Here's what I'd like you to do. If you can, move back into the past. Sit next to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary as they face the tomb. And for that matter, um, think about all of the other disciples at that time as well. Can you imagine what they're going through? They've just followed this man named Jesus for the last two and a half to three years. And they have seen incredible things and heard amazing teachings. But they just witnessed his death and his body put into a tomb. And now they are wrestling with the finality of what it all meant. Can you put yourself there right now? Can you feel the disappointment do you sense the confusion that they may be facing right now? How about the discouragement or the grief that they may be going through? Can you do that? Can you put yourself back there and just see where they may have been in that discouragement and disappointment? Okay, now if everybody could look back up at me real quick by a show of hands. How many of you in this life have ever been disappointed, discouraged, Filled with grief or confused? Anybody in the room? Look around the room. It's everybody in the room. And so I would submit to you this morning that we find ourselves in a very interesting place in the story because Jesus has died and yet he has not risen from the grave yet. And so we have this little gap of time where great confusion and disappointment has entered into all of those that were surrounding Jesus. And I would submit to you that they very much like you and I here and now today were dealing with real emotions of not understanding what was going on. And we live in a world in a time where many times we are confused and we don't understand what is taking place. Think about where the disciples would have been. They had been taught all of their life that there was going to be this Messiah that was going to come and that he was going to come and take over from the, from the Roman government, take away from the rule that they have over them and bring them into a new kingdom that had love and joy and peace and it was just going to be an amazing thing and then this man comes along and starts teaching the way that he does and doing the things that he does and they start to believe that he is this man and then he self-professes that that is who he is 
And so I'm sure they had this perception that he was going to come and take over the government, come with the sword, but that's not what he does. What does he do? He tells them to love their enemies, to turn the other cheek. He goes and he eats dinner with the people that no one in society would go hang out with. Can you put yourself there? Are you there today? Do you have a standard or regulation that may be higher than even Jesus Christ put into this world? And here the disciples are trying to figure out what's going on in this little gap of time. And I just imagine that they had great confusion and great disappointment. And so two quick things that I hope that you will never forget as you leave here this Easter weekend. And the first one is this. Church, God does not operate the way you would operate. And I want you to get that crystal clear because when we're talking about God, we're talking about the one that created the heavens and the earth, that created all that we see around us, and he is the one that created you and me. You do know that we're not here by some cosmic burp accident. It's just not probable. There's just no way scientifically even that that could be. We have a creator. His name is God. We're all created. And he's greater and bigger than you and I could ever imagine. And when we say the things that I hear some from time to time where people will say simple things like this, well, if I were God, I would do it this way. We must not say that. We are finite. He is infinite. His ways are greater than our ways. Let me tell you something, church. You do not want the weight nor the responsibility to be the creator of the world. We couldn't handle it individually. We couldn't handle it collectively. The King of kings and Lord of lords is the one that created all of us, and he's got a purpose and a plan for each one of us. The Bible says that he knew you in your mother's womb. He knows the number of hair on your head. He has plans and purposes for your life that you can't even imagine. But here's the problem. We get so highly thinking about ourselves and how we would do it that we actually judge God by what we would do. And we all do it. And so in those times of disappointment and discouragement, I just want to encourage you in this. I believe that in the darkest day where Jesus was in that grave and they hadn't seen him raised from the dead yet, in the darkest day, God was doing the greatest work. And I would submit that it's the same then as it is now today, and that is this. If you find yourself discouraged, disappointed, confused, maybe it is that time right now that God wants to do the deepest work in you. Which brings me to my second point. As we continue with this story, I want you to realize that God absolutely will use your intellect to understand these things, but he goes beyond our intellect. This story is so much bigger and so greater than you and I that we can't comprehend it fully with our intellect. And if you are sitting here this morning going, well, I just don't know because I can't wrap my brain fully around it, you never will be able to. You never will be able to because he is infinite. We are finite. And so here's what I would submit to you. I believe that God is calling out to the depth of who we are as a creation. Some people refer to it as this, that we, each one of us, has a God-sized hole in our hearts that only he can fill. 
And I would submit to you that we have a lot of people in the world that are trying to fill that hole with so many other things in this world, but only to find that it gives a momentary, a momentary time of pleasure. But then guess what? You're like, now what? And church, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the answer to the now what? And when you invite him in, here's the great mystery of it all in my opinion, is that this creator God who sent Jesus for each one of our lives, as Justin was just sharing, this Jesus who died and then rose again, he doesn't force his way into our lives. He says, hey, look, I've paved the way, I've prepared the way. All I ask is that you would invite me in. And so I would encourage you this morning, if you find yourself in here wrestling with the things that I'm saying, maybe move past your intellect and really seek deep down inside of who you are. And if there is something missing, maybe it's Jesus. And invite him in there because I believe that if you invite him into your heart, he will absolutely help you to understand why you're here on this earth right now. So Lord, I pray right now for every person in this room that may be struggling with these things, and I pray that you would come in and make yourself real. God, I pray that where I've lacked in, in communicating this, that your Holy Spirit would just make yourself real. God, help us to realize you want us to understand with our mind, but you also want to grab us to grab a hold of you with our heart. And so, God, we give you our heart and our mind and everything that we are, and we ask that you would come in and make yourself real to us, and we thank you for these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, we're going to continue this journey as we experience the story of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to invite Ben Alvarado and DJ Smith to come up and continue on. Matthew 28, 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Suddenly, there was a severe earthquake. For, the, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were, like white, were white as snow. The guards were shaken and became, dead, and became like dead men because they were so afraid of him. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Listen, I have told you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. But Jesus met them, saying, Greetings. They came to him, held on to his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. They will see me there. Thank you so much for honoring the reading of God's word by standing. You can go ahead and have a seat. I just want to make a very brief comment about what we just read. I think it's incredibly powerful. 
Because right in the middle of that description, there is a very short phrase, three words that I think are game changers. And those words are come and see. Come and see. You know, so if you can picture, it's actually a, a phrase that Jesus had used some three years before when some disciples of John the Baptist had actually come to him and said, Master, teacher, where are you staying? And he said, hey, come and see. And I think what makes it so powerful is that it's not really just an answer of information, it's an invitation. When we're invited to come and see, and I think that that very same call to experience something is one that is being uttered to us today if we have the ability to hear it in our hearts. You know, someone jumping on a trampoline or maybe we've got a little bounce house set up outside. If you stick around after service and have some pancakes, you'll see some kiddos jumping on there. I guarantee you those kids are not concerned about convincing anyone else that the trampoline exists. Have you ever heard a kid trying to convince another kid like, hey, you got to agree with me. They're, this trampoline is really real. and it ex No, they're inviting kids to experience the joy of jumping on the trampoline. And I believe the same is true with us. We're being invited to come and see. In a world of, of debates, in a world of arguments, in the world of such heated dissension, perhaps most of all over the things that are eternal, God is saying, hey, I don't want you guys to be that way. I just want you to come and see what I will do. Come and experience. I believe God is saying, come and see that because Jesus has risen, death is no longer final. Come and see that because Jesus rose from the grave, loneliness is not, does not have to be your future. Come and see that because Jesus has risen, that debt has been canceled. Come and see that because Jesus rose, your sin has been erased and the accuser has been silenced. Come and see that because Jesus arose, the chasm that stood between God and us has been reconciled. Just come and see. Make no mistake about it. The king that rose that day was actually establishing a new kingdom. And it was a kingdom that was completely upside down from everything that we would think in our minds a kingdom should be. And he didn't take long to actually show what it was. I don't know if you caught it, but in that description in Matthew 28 that was just read, there was people armed with swords, strong men that we would envision as the ones who had the power. And then there was two women, and that was a, a day and age where women were overlooked. They were thought of as less than. They were oftentimes ignored. Oftentimes they felt invisible, or others even treated them as though they were worthless. And guess who Jesus chose in his new kingdom he was establishing to be the first two human messengers of the good news? <laughs> yeah, two women. God is showing, you know what? I'm going into places that no one else has ever gone before me. I'm doing things differently than anyone has ever done before me. And I'm a different kind of king. And this is a different kind of kingdom. And so if you're here today and you've looked at yourself through the eyes of society perhaps, or just in your own mind, looked down upon yourself and questioned, you know what? Do I have value to God? Is there a place for me in the kingdom of God? I believe that God wants you to know the same Jesus that gave value and affirmed and empowered those two women to actually go and rally the disciples and be the messengers. They told them, guys, we got to go to Galilee, the rendezvous point. While the soldiers were like shaken like dead men, that same God is speaking over you today. There's room for you in my kingdom. I see what's in you. 
I've placed the talents, the giftings, and the calls inside of you. I want to use you to be a messenger of my goodness, of my victory, of my glory. And he's just waiting for us to, to stop looking at ourselves through the eyes of man and start listening to what he's saying about us and the life that he's calling us to, the identity that he's speaking over us. You see, our king isn't one who is swayed by human opinion. He doesn't pursue popularity polls. He doesn't base his authority on the opinions of others. He is the own standard for his own glory and goodness. Our king is different. Our king is the great king above all kings. So I'm going to ask if you would, would you stand to your feet again? And let's prepare to honor him and declare that Jesus is worthy above every other name.
Revelation 12:10, and I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, he who accuses them day and night before our God. They have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. You may be seated. Um, so now... As we go through this experience of Easter, um, the great thing about um, being able to remember this each and every year is that we take something that was over 2,000 years ago and we actually apply it into here and now and today. The great thing about this incredible message that we've been telling today is that it is very much alive and active and still making impact in the world today. Yes? And so the word of God says we overcome by the blood of the lamb. We've been talking about what Jesus did. But then it says, 
and the word of our testimony. And so if you are new to Shine Church, um, one of the things that we do is we pass the microphone around. Um, and so we are going to take an opportunity right now just to share some testimony because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so I've got a prompt on the screen that I want to give to you. And DJ, if you want to take this mic, I know we got a couple of mic runners. Um, and here's what I'd like you to do. Um, we want you to answer one of these questions. Um, and you can do so by just lifting your hand. We'll get a mic into your hand. But here it is. Because he lives, I no longer have to. And you can fill in the blank. Or because he lives, I can now fill in the blank. And just so you know, kids that are in this room, how many kids do we got? Let me hear you. Woo! You know what? This testimony isn't just for adults. It's also for you as well. And so if you want to answer this question, just raise your hand and we'll get a mic in your hand as well. And so um, we just want to take a brief moment in time to share testimony with one another because he lives and then answer one of these questions. So we've got a hand right here. We'll get started. Jump in real quick. Uh, my name's Debbie. And because he lives, I no longer have to worry I can really trust him to take care of me, and all of my worry isn't going to change any of it. Amen. It's good. All right. Somebody else. Do you want to say something? Okay, let's get a mic into his hand right there. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Somebody else. Because he lives, I will live eternally. Amen. Because he lives, love it. Yes. Somebody else. Um, because he lives, all of our sins are now washed away. Ooh, amen. Right up here. Okay, adults, the kids are beating you. Because he lives, I can trust him. Ooh, it's so good. Trust him. That's so good. Somebody else. Because he lives, I no longer have to hide in the darkness. Mm, that's so good. Hey, as you share these testimonies, I believe, again, we overcome by the word of the testimony. It sets other people in the room free. And as Ben was saying that, I mean, I don't know. For me, it just resonated. Man, I don't have to live in the darkness anymore because that's so good. Because he lives, I don't have to fear anyone. Oh. Okay, why are these kids slaying us adults here? I'm just saying. Be like a little child. Okay. Because he lives, I can now enter his kingdom. Woo. Yes. <laughs> Because he lives, I no longer have to live under condemnation. 
Mm, yes, amen. Because he lives, I can receive his spirit. Oh, yes. The spirit that guides us, so good. Because he lives, I can feel enough. Mm, so good. Because he lives, I can understand his word. Out of the mouths of babes. It's just great. Mm, so good. Because he lives, I no longer have to strive for perfection, but I can just breathe in his presence. Oh, amen. And all the perfectionists in the room said, amen. All right. Anybody else? Because he lives, I can have his love in my heart and serve others with that love. Mm, that's good. It's hard to love without receiving it, yeah? It's so good. Anybody else? No? Because he lives, I am now free. I'm now free, amen. We wanted to take a time in our service, and we're, we're just about to the conclusion, but um, we wanted to take a time to minister to people that maybe don't feel like they have that testimony. Um, and so whether it's something that you've heard through the messages and just the desire to uh, maybe find out more about what we've been talking about in regards to the gift of Jesus Christ, or maybe it's just you're struggling to be able to answer one of those two statements, um, we want to give you an opportunity to get prayed for. And so um, we're going to have a group of us um, underneath the cross over here, and we're going to sing a song called Overcame. And um, I, just, I just know this. Uh, well, just real quick, by show of hands, how many of you have ever had to get prayer for something? Okay, look around. Everybody in the room pretty much. And so um, there will be no judgment and nobody will be looking at you if you get up to come get prayer. Um, but we would love to give the opportunity for you to receive um, just direction and an encounter and an experience with the Holy Spirit. And so if you want to receive prayer during this song, just get up out of your seat and move over to the cross. Um, and then after that, we'll get up and, and finish up with our service, but let's just, let's just give God the glory for not only the blood, but the word of our testimony that helps us to overcome. Amen. Please stand with us. Suffered as if he 
Just let the church sing that out. Come on. With all you got. He is risen. You can take your seats one final time and then we'll conclude in just a moment. But man, we've been declaring that through the word of our testimony, we will overcome. And you know, in that passage that we were reading earlier, Matthew 28, immediately after those two women were told to come and see, the very next verse, they were given another short little phrase. You know, it would have been perfect if it were three words, you know, but it's four. But anyway. It's go quickly and tell. Go quickly and tell. And you know, we're invited to come and see, and that's the first thing that has to happen, right? I can't share anything that isn't happening in my own life. That doesn't help anyone. So Jesus invites us first to come and taste and see that he is good, to see what a difference his life makes in us. But then we're invited and encouraged to go and tell. And the beautiful thing about that is that I believe that when we go and tell, we are creating a space where someone else can actually come and see, <laughs> right? Just like we were given an opportunity at some point. Someone invited us to see what Jesus, what a difference he could make in our lives. And when we go and tell another, we're creating a space. And it's almost as though we were inviting them, you know, back 2,000 years ago to that dawn of that Easter morning where those two women were in the garden with that angel sitting on that stone. And we're inviting them to see what a difference Jesus would make in their life. And listen, here's the reality of it. Will some people turn away and say, nope, not for me? Absolutely. And we're to continue loving as Jesus loves them. But I believe that so many have yet to be invited. So many have tasted of religion, have tasted of tradition, 
have tasted a false good news that says, be good enough, reform yourself, try harder, jump higher, try to, to be good enough so that God might let you squeak in. And they've been told to actually accept that as good news. And Jesus is calling us, I believe, to say, hey, leave no doubt what the good news really is. <laughs> that he so loved them that he gave his life so that they could have eternal life. And John three seventeen, he did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, all of us, might be saved through him. So the question is just, will we carry that message with him? Listen to the words of Romans ten fourteen. Before people can trust in the Lord for help or can believe in him, they must believe in him. And before they can believe in the Lord, they must hear about him. And for them to hear about the Lord, someone must tell them. You know, a lot of times people aren't going to hear in the confines of these four walls, but they're going to hear over lunch, or they're going to hear at the water cooler at work, or they're going to hear in the gym, or they're going to hear picking up the kids from school. And those are the moments that we can create that space for them to come and see who Jesus really is. Here's the good news. Jesus is with us every single step of the way. Listen to our last reading from Matthew 28, 19 and 20. I want to invite Noah Larson to come forward and read this for us. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, 19, 20. Christ be magnified in me. 
Yes, God, we just magnify you in this place. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand what your will is, not for our benefit, but so we can magnify your name. And so, Lord, we come to you this resurrection day and we remind ourselves the great victory that we have 
received because of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you and we give you all glory, honor, and praise. And everybody said, amen. Amen.